Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. You guys, I am so giddy about today's podcast episode and my guest that is joining us on the Align Design podcast today. Her name is Heather Whitaker. I know many of y'all already know who she is, but for those of you who do not, she is actually my personal manifestation coach. And she works with a company called To Be Magnetic, which is amazing. You should definitely follow them on Instagram and follow Heather. I will um, put both pieces of information below for you in the show notes. But Heather basically helped me so much last year. This was even before I had decided to create Align Designs and before I created the podcast. And it wasn't even like really a thought in my mind. So when we started working together, those manifestations came soon after and it wasn't even something I was trying to manifest. There were so many different things that she has helped me with. She is amazing at helping you to release control. She is awesome at helping you to call in your quote unquote dream job on helping you get really specific on your authentic, you know, personality and and specific authentic desires, like things that you actually want, not just things that we think we want on paper, but things that we actually want. Anyways, Heather is magic. She's just pure magic. She's awesome. She is also a mama-to-be. She's having a little baby boy in September. So it's really fun to watch her journey becoming a mother and all of that kind of stuff. But I am just obsessed with our conversation from today. We talked about all things motherhood and pregnancy and manifesting and so many magical things. So I can't wait for y'all to hear from her. Definitely connect with her on Instagram. Please share this podcast episode with any, well, for sure, mamas and mamas-to-be, but anybody who's interested in manifestation, honestly. And when I first started working with Heather, she was sort of deciding whether she wanted to be a parent. And so that was one manifestation that came through of her being sure about that and that happening simply for her and all that kind of stuff. So she's a huge expander for me. She's just has an awesome story and I can't wait for y'all to hear from her. 
Okay, welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to have you as a guest on this podcast. I was just overjoyed when I had this weird ping at like 530 in the morning on the day that I asked you to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I was just expecting for you to say no, you know, you are having a baby in the next couple. <laughs> of months. And I was like, I'll be okay if she says no. And and we need to do it later on, you know, like after the fourth trimester and stuff. And so you said yes. And I was so excited. So you guys, Heather was, is, I'm going to be doing another session at some point soon, my manifestation coach. So a lot of the things that I teach you guys, I have learned through her and the 2B Magnetic community. So I'm really excited to have you guys learn from her. And she is a mama to be. She will be having a sweet baby boy here in the next couple of months. And it's just been really cool watching watching her journey in that because the last time that we had a coaching session you were still sort of deciding whether you want to yes so yeah well Well, first off I want to say thank you for the invitation and the reason why I am so it's so funny people are whenever they ask me and I'm quick to respond yes is that um, I have a sacral center authority in human design. So not only am I a manifesting generator, but I have a sacral authority. And so when I know I want to do something, like I can immediately just answer yes or no. And so I don't really need to like mull it over. So, you know, and I always love the opportunity to be able to share and expand, you know, different uh, communities. So thank you for having me. Yay. So tell us, for those of us who don't know about you, tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up as a manifestation coach with To Be Magnetic. Um, I think for for most of us on the self-help manifestation journey, right, we kind of start with realizing that you kind of feel like you are out of alignment, right? That something's kind of off and it's like, you don't know exactly what it is. And so you might lean towards the secret or you might start doing vision boards or you might start listening to Abraham Hicks and trying to like picture things and a certain feeling. And all of those are fantastic. But what I find is that they tend to focus on only the positive. I only got so far in my, what I would call a rock bottom and a rut with finding positivity. And I found to be magnetic And it was at a point in my life where I 100% needed to make a change in the way that I was living and carrying energy or intention, another way to put that. And so when I found to be magnetic, I was like, this feels very plug and play. It feels structured. It feels very almost, I hate to say pragmatic, but it just for someone like myself who who tends to like to follow structure, it felt really dare I say easy, but just because obviously Allison, you've done it. It just felt like, okay, this makes sense, right? I don't have to pretend I'm happy all the time. I don't have to pretend everything is fine. But what I can recognize is, are all of these looping stories that I have, are they mine? Did I personally experience them or did I witness them growing up? And if they aren't mine to own, do I want to continue carrying it? So I went down the TB magnetic um, rabbit hole for years and it just shifted so much of the way that I felt about myself, the way that I viewed money, the way that I looked at relationships, you know, and I started to be able to receive the things that I wanted, which, you know, we would call manifestations. And all that means is to receive the things that you want because you believe that you deserve them. 
right? And so if you don't have what you want, we have to look to see why. Do you feel undeserving? Did you not see that it was possible? You know, what, what does that look like? And so as in 2019, it was a year of abundance for me, honestly, so much that it was just a, a very wild ride of like, of seeing that all the hard work I had put in for years, I was able to actually, to feel abundant with it. Um, and so to be magnetic actually had me come on their podcast and then asked me to be a coach in 2020. So I've been coaching now for over a year and it has been the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. Because when I look at my career trajectory, I actually used to teach nutrition. I have a full-time day job. I'm in corporate wellness. So coaching is just something I do on the side purely because I, I absolutely love it. And it lights me up like nothing I've ever experienced. Well, and you have a true gift with it. I mean, not everybody can be a coach, even though it is the, the to be magnetic system is very simple. Like you said, the plug and play thing, but sometimes people need a guide to sort of walk them through for those who don't know about to be magnetic. There's like a whole library of resources. And sometimes you can be like, where do I start? Like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what to do next. And so with my coaching session with Heather, it was awesome. Um, it was in May, I think the very beginning of May of 2020, right near the beginning of the pandemic. And I don't know if I've told you, Heather, like after that, after coaching with you, I went through a little bit of a magic dark, but that was a great thing. Um, and it was just sort of when stuff wasn't coming, things weren't terrible, but things were just really like at a standstill. And I was like, I'm doing this work. What's going on? And then it was crazy because in the fall, I got a ping to stop drinking, which was Mm -hmm. nuts. And it was something that I've like sort of felt for a while, but was Mm -hmm. ignoring. And I was like, let me just try this out. Then also got basically let go of my job in the music industry. And I had in the meantime started Align Designs like in July, but like just very much as a side thing. So it allowed me the time to, I had an FU fund, I had like money saved up and it allowed me the time to really pursue this. And it's just, it's like the life that I wanted, the job that I wanted to be doing these past 20 years, you know? And it's like, it took the pandemic and all of that kind of stuff it wasn't even honestly jumping off a cliff. It was just sort of like got pushed into that situation. And I was like, this is the perfect thing. So it was cool because a lot of magical things came from, from our coaching session. So that makes me so happy. And one thing I'll say is, is that sometimes when we do get pushed out of a job, right, we can look at it in multiple ways. Like, oh my gosh, this is a rock bottom. Or we can look at it as like, okay, how can I up level from this situation, right? How do I not, that doesn't mean to pretend and don't grieve. And if there's any, you know, it's okay to be upset about something, but it's how long will you sit in that spiral before you decide like, okay, what are my resources and what are my tools and how do I really even know what I like and not like? And a big part of this work is starting to check in. What do I need? What am I missing? How am I out of alignment? What does my future self want? So that makes me so happy to hear because you could have taken that opportunity to like have a full freak out, you know, yeah. and instead what you chose to do was to use it as an opportunity to completely pivot into what feels more in alignment. Yes, for sure. 
Speaking of that, I know that you said that you are a manifesting generator with mm-hmm. sacral authority. So your sacral center is your decision maker, which honestly, I feel like it's important for everybody to learn about the sacral center. Yeah. That yes or no. So how has knowing about this helped you in your manifestation process? Well, first off, I want to say I fought it really hard <laughs> because I am someone that used control, you know, for so many years. Um, I'm trying to be better about um, the way that I talk about it because I feel like I used to just own it so hard. I like control. I am someone that's in control. And so the way that I'm trying to talk about it is, is that that is a that was such a big part of, of who I was for a very long time. And I can go in and out of control versus ease regularly. So when I found out I was a sacral center, I realized that I had never tapped into my sacral ever, mm-hmm. right? Because I was using my mind. So if our mind is making our decisions, that's control. If our gut, our sacral center is making the decisions, that's a feeling, right? That's where we can trust our gut, our intuition. And I realized that I never learned to trust myself. It was not something that was taught to me. It was not something that was shown to me. I had to clear the clutter. I needed to get quiet enough to feel the yes, to feel the no. Now I am someone that if I feel nothing, I make no decision. That doesn't mean like ever, like for example, if I'm going into the kitchen and I'm looking for something to eat and nothing is like sounding good, I'll wait that doesn't mean I'm going to starve, but I just give myself an opportunity then of obviously like, I must not be that hungry right now because if something sounded good, like I would feel that. So I started to, I started using my sacral center first with food and then just started building outwards and really allowed myself to, to, to feel the yes, to feel the expansion for the retraction and knowing that if I, If I feel it and then try and change my mind, it's control. (laughs) And so it's just slowing down because I am a manifesting generator. I can be like a little hummingbird kind of just like zipping around. Um, But with the sacral center, if it's not loud enough, then I got to get, I got to get a little bit quieter. And so that's been a really big learning experience for me. So for, to answer your question for manifestation, when I'm looking about, things that I want to call in, I want to make sure that I feel them, right? Like when I'm making my list, I can get super detailed on what I want to call in, but I also want to know why, how is it going to make me feel? And when I'm thinking about calling it in, do I feel it in my body? Is it in alignment with, with myself? And if I feel nothing and is it from ego, is it going to give me a false sense of self-worth? Is this really just filling a hole, which is lack mentality? So I try and really, it's all about slowing down and it's all about feeling. And the sacral center is so much about feeling. So I've really had to build a relationship with my gut. It's so crazy because in, so my daughter is almost two now. So she's, you know, talking, you know, being able to like make decisions and say yes or no and whatever. And it's like re-going through that whole learning to trust your gut because she trusts her gut immediately. We're born that way to know yes or no. And it's just conditioned out of us. And I think about all of the decisions I've made since college, you know, high school or college that were just 100% in like a pro and pro and con list in my head 
that that's what our parents taught us to do. That's what mm-hmm. people taught us to do. And I'm just like, oh my God, how many, and I know it all ended up okay, you know, and I, I learned things along the way and everything, but I'm like, I wish I would have learned about this earlier. And it's just, I'm, I'm relearning it all with my daughter now. And it's cool too, because I'm having to, as we like go through each little stage, I'm able to repractice that myself and like realize why I'm doing that and be careful about what I'm telling her, you know, not just saying like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. But like, oh, you're really frustrated. You know, you're and like talk, like letting her feel her feelings and letting Mm -hmm. moving everything to the positive. Yeah. On that note, thank you. That's super expansive to hear as I'm very close to, to having my own child soon, but that was a fear of mine of having a baby and kind of losing the connection with myself. But I've got some really good expanders and now adding you to the list of people who are like, your kids are your mirrors, right? And you will learn so much. And I was so afraid that this relationship that I had built myself through to be magnetic was going to be lost. But what I've really heard and found is that it's going to be elevated because everything that I'm working on within myself, I'll start to see through my son. And, you know, it's just so thank you for sharing that because I think that that's really important to hear is, is that we can look to see what are our projections? What are the, how is mirroring going on? And also our kids haven't had enough programming to lead them astray from their authentic wants and needs. So it's a really good reminder for us. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I always say that she's my little guru. Like she's, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to experience that. (laughs) The craziest thing is, and I know you and I talked about this one-on-one, but um, I'm going to skip ahead to this question really quick about releasing control. I, Mm -hmm. I know you're further ahead in your journey of surrendering and releasing control. I feel like this is only something I'm really recently realizing needs to be at the forefront. Not Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just one of my main priorities in my personal growth because I, being a parent now, I realize like it's easier to see my control tendencies, like my control around time, my control around sleep, my control around my energy levels, how she's acting, you know, all that kind of stuff is just very evident right now. And so what are some tips that you could give us for ways that you have surrendered and released control? Um, Well, the first thing I look at is, is that if I'm trying to force something, I have to look why. Is it because I don't trust it's going to come on its own, right? Is it, is it forcing from a sense of making something happen that doesn't feel natural? Is it my controlling time? So I, I'm like freezing and paralyzing. I kind of have to almost like dissect it. Right. And so what is the control specifically? Is it because I don't trust it's going to come on my own? Is it control around somebody else? Right. Because I don't believe that someone else can do it. Uh, better than me or so you kind of have to like break down specifically what lane is the control trying and then from there I look to see is this actually going to speed up the process or is it going to slow it down 
And most of the time, control slows stuff down. We think it's making it faster, but it's actually slowing it down. And so that to me is I like pull back because I'm like, okay, if I try and control this, is this actually going to make me feel better in any way? Is this helping the situation, someone else involved, et cetera? So again, I kind of go back to that idea of like taking a pause, right? Because I can be in the middle of like a control situation, recognize I'm doing it and pivot now versus sometimes you're so far into it. And I'm like, look at, I'm already, I've already gone down this control road. I'm finishing it and knowing it's going to slow that down and that's fine. And this is a lesson I needed to re-experience. I think another thing is just remembering that how I feel if I'm controlling, I typically feel constricted, restricted. And so I also go in like, does this feel easeful? Right. Or is it bringing up a feeling of a little bit of anxiety? That's like a really good indication if I'm trying to control. And also when I look back to all of the things that I have called in, in my life was control involved. Yeah. The majority of them, it was not. Yeah. So I can be my own expander in my own personal experiences and remember that what is meant for me will not pass me by. And I honestly believe that with everything in my body now, I used to not believe it, right? Because that's why I try to control it. Yeah. And now it's like, look, like whether it's something with a job or something with a client or something with money, whatever it may be. If I'm trying to control it, it's I don't trust it's going to come and I need to look at why. So I think for me is, is that like everything is my teacher. Everything's going to teach me something. If I need to relearn it, I'm open to it. And also how much energy am I wasting on the control versus something that could be like joyful? So this makes me think about a few weeks ago, I was thinking, I was going back and being like, what are the coolest things that have happened to me in my life? And literally, like you said, all of them, like I really had nothing to do with other than being in high self-worth and all right. that stuff. But one of the coolest things was growing a baby in my stomach. And I didn't have to sit there and be like, okay, grow the eyes today, grow the <laughs> stomach today. You know what I mean? Like, You don't have to do anything. Your body does it for you and Mm -hmm. you don't have to be in control of anything. Right. And it's like, that's the coolest thing I've literally ever, ever done in my life. So why can't I just freaking let go of not telling my husband how to load the freaking dishwasher correctly, you know? Yeah. And in, in that situation, because I will say that, um, you know, looking at our baby to-do list, my husband has a different sense of urgency than I do. Um, And so there's been plenty, this has been a great learning experience. So it's like, I got it out on paper, so I didn't have to hold it in my head anymore. And then I shared with him, like, look, this is making me anxious. And so I want to put it on, on paper. This is our time frame." right? So already I'm trying to control it, but by getting it out on paper is helping me. And then recognizing that he is going to get these things done. And I have to trust that. And I also need to allow him to do that, right? I need to allow him to show up for me, right? And to do that. And me trying to control that is A, not helping me. And it's also 
not going to motivate him. So just with you bringing that up, it's like, I've definitely experienced wanting to try to control his level of urgency with getting things done. Uh, It's been a really, really good reminder that whether it's done today or in two days, it actually doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And trying to just like be calm about it and openly communicate like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I just want you to know, and then allow him to do what he wants with that information. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Many of our listeners are moms and moms to be. Give us some tips that you can give fellow mamas for just keeping their magnetism up and making time for themselves and all of that kind of stuff, even when they're super busy parenting, working, all that kind of stuff. What do you, what do you envision for your life as a mom yeah. and what have you done? Well, I can definitely say like, I know this is like a silly comparison, but we got a dog last year, a puppy. And that was a really good, like learning experience for me to figure that out. And what I realized is that I was being way too rigid on how things needed to be done. And so having a puppy, which it was a really good precursor for baby is to see that there are things that are important to us that we want to make sure that we get done in a day, but does it really matter the time, right? Like if I, if I need to journal at 6am, but if I could fit it in at noon on a lunch break, does, is that is the feeling that I get going to be the same? And so I say that because when we think about what brings in magnetism, it is checking in, right? So listening to your pings, like the ping that you got to reach out to me, um, like following it, being able to say no, to set boundaries, to get out of your comfort zone and to let go. And so if we know that these are the things that bring us magnetism. Sometimes I write them down. When was the last time I got out of my comfort zone? Now that doesn't mean go and quit your job or break up with your boyfriend. That could literally mean rest for me, for someone that likes to do, do, do. So I say these because I think it's important to understand what are our vital needs. Another term is authentic code that, um, you know, to be magnetic um, uses. And basically what that means are, these are a handful of words. So anywhere from three to five words that are overarching umbrella words that really describe what you need to feel whole and worthy in your highest self. And how can those be met, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, you know, so if on my list, I have connection on there you know, a way that like a busy day for whether it's a mom, mom to be someone like myself with multiple jobs, I need to find time in my day to feel connected to myself first. So even if that means that's a five breaths or connected to my husband to where we actually get to watch the same TV show, right? Or connected to a client that I'm, you know, working with and giving my full attention to, I think it's important to have them down on paper or in your phone of like, what are my vital needs? right? Job, partner, child. How do I communicate with people in my life for support that I do need these little moments, right? Also looking at if we know what brings in magnetism, which is action, am I taking those? When was the last time I um, said no to something that wasn't a yes? And so I think part of it is awareness, right? What do I need? What am I missing? And I say that because it's going to be, I'm anticipating and watching from multiple friends who have said, I don't have time to wash my hair. I don't even have time for X, Y, and Z. 
but I notice that they don't ask for support either from their partner or from somebody in their life. And so I will say this, and I'm, I'm recognizing that this is very, a privileged situation, but because I am someone that has struggled so much with asking for help, because I think I can do it all. I promised myself that I would not do that with a child. I'm hiring a night nurse. I've got my sister-in-law is a doula. Like I will be getting a nanny. And I, for the first time in my life, I don't feel like I need to try and do it all. Right. And so I'm setting myself up for that now. So for anyone listening, it's kind of like, what does that look like? And that doesn't mean it's a night nurse or a nanny or whatever, but how do you set yourself up for support from yourself first? And then from those surrounding you? Yeah. I remember back when I was, had a few weeks left of pregnancy and my husband's, one of his coworkers offered to do a meal train for us. And I said, no, we don't need that. What was I thinking? Like right. what? So even if it comes down to the small things like that, maybe you cannot afford a night nurse. Yes. I would have totally done that for sure. I didn't even know that was a thing. So it's awesome that you do know that's a thing because I think that was one of the hardest parts. And I think that would have been huge. But I'm like, what was I thinking? Not like saying no to a meal train. Like that was totally pride and ego or like, Mm -hmm. I got this. I'm going to be able to do that. Like making food. It's it's crazy the things that we're not even aware of, of not accepting help or not asking help. Right. And I think that that's the important part because, and I have stated this recently to my husband, you know, I have a hard time asking for help. So I am pre-planning for what that looks like, you know, and so he's really stepped up when I'm typically someone that can like do two jobs and the dishes and make dinner. And it's like, that's because I wasn't asking for help. I wanted him to be a mind reader. So we also need to be thinking about that. Are we are we trying to take on so much for ourselves, for our own ego, right? And so, you know, to kind of circle back, I think the important part, whether you're a mom-to-be or you are a mom and you're juggling a bunch of stuff, the moment to kind of like look back to see like, have I asked for support? Who is like in my social circle, you know, and like, what do I need to feel like myself again? Because that's another thing I've heard from a lot of friends is, and I'm not me anymore. I'm a mom and a wife. Yeah. And part of getting back to our highest self and to our authentic self is to find that person. I, I say that I don't know that yet. Right. But I can anticipate that there are going to be times where I lose myself. And so it's going to be my job to find her again. Yeah. And even if those are small moments, I'm aware of it now as I go into motherhood in you know in a short short period of time I started doing the to be magnetic work a couple months before I had Caroline and even just those two months were huge in setting me up I didn't lose myself for very long at all there was like maybe a couple days every once in a while that it would happen so that's not that doesn't have to be a thing I don't know. And in it, like, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Leading into that. My last question for you is sort of a fun little question. I remember when I was pregnant, we were the last of our group of friends to have a baby and, or to have our first baby. I don't know if we're going to have another one, but, uh, I, we get all of these crazy 
parenting tips or, or whatever. And I remember people saying, Oh, enjoy your sleep. Cause you're not going to sleep again until they're five years old. Just FYI, <laughs> I started, I mean, she was a decent sleeper a few months in, but last night I slept for like 10 and a half hours and she's not, that's amazing. So all of that is total BS. Like I, I just hated all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, just because your kid's like this doesn't mean my kid's going to be like this. So what's the mm-hmm. like, craziest parenting tip you've heard in your pregnancy or like the funniest thing that you're like, okay, I'm not listening to that person? <laughs> well, I'm going to do it in two different sides. There's one side for my own personal being, right? And everyone is wants to comment on food, right? Making sure that you're eating enough, you're eating for two and all of these things. And you know, I've, I've learned to become an intuitive eater. And so it's just been so interesting that everyone's food triggers come out when you're pregnant, right. Of like wanting to make sure that you're doing everything that they either wish they would have done. And so that's been a little bit, um, uh, you know, of all the comments and how things should be and what I should and shouldn't be eating and how much, and, you know, luckily, um, you know, I kind of just like let that roll off. Now, post baby, what I'm getting the most is, you know, be prepared to be on a very strict schedule, right? Like if your baby doesn't have a schedule, then they don't feel safe and they don't feel secure. And part of this, I can't say yes or no to it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that I'm going to allow like our own little unit, my husband, myself, and our baby boy to be to figure out what that schedule looks like versus everybody trying to tell me that, you know, to live and die by a set schedule and to write everything down, that feels like control to me. Oh my God. It doesn't feel easeful. (laughs) No, I made the mistake of, I did one of those apps for breastfeeding where you like Mm -hmm. time yourself on each side and whatever that like brought on postpartum anxiety for me. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I mean, for some people, maybe that feels good for me. It created after a week of doing it. I was like, where's my phone? I've got to do this. And my husband was like, maybe you don't need to do that maybe you just need to feed her until she finishes eating. And mm-hmm. and she was like a big baby and she was eating. And I'm like, why did I need to feel like I, like it was that control coming out? Yeah. I didn't have ang- postpartum anxiety right after. Like it was me putting these things on, you know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. having the baby. It was these little rules and, and control things that I was doing that, that brought on that anxiety, but that was like, I didn't even read. I forgot about that. Like my mind forgot about that until you. Yeah. But you know, and this is TMI. What I will say that's not talked about enough is what happens to your body. Oh yeah. But like really early on in the pregnancy, I mean, I knew, I knew that my breasts were going to change. I knew that. But did I think it was going to happen so soon? No. And this is so funny because my husband's in television. So he was gone for five weeks and, you know, he, I think he left and I was, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine weeks. And by the time he got home, I was like in my second trimester and he got home and he was like, oh my God, your nipples are huge. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. Like I, I'm very aware of that. Right. And then a couple of days later and he was like, 
they're very dark. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I know. I don't lead you to continue to point things out. And so it's just been really funny is that I, I don't feel like it's talked about enough about all of the different things that happen to your body, but very early on. And so to your point that our body's doing it without, I'm not telling my body to do that. It's just doing it. And so it's been interesting because as much as I want to say, like, it's the most beautiful, wonderful experience. It's like, it's uncomfortable. I just recently had ribs pop out that I needed to get put back in and, you know, things that used to be easy or not. And tying my shoe now is very difficult. (laughs) And so it's just kind of funny that people want to give you all of the advice of what to do, but nobody's really talking about these little things that are start to happen and what happens waking up with like the worst Charlie horses that you've ever had. I mean, it's just, it's been interesting. Yeah. Stuff that you have no control over that you can't, that you can't change. So right. Mm -hmm. funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing all about your, you know, manifestation journey and your journey into motherhood. It has been awesome. I know that this is going to be one of everybody's favorite episodes. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And best of luck the next few weeks. Yes. Countdown. And can't wait to see pictures of the baby boy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to your wellness journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast.